This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Hey, it's Suze McLeod here with the Village Church Q&A podcast. Michael, how are you doing this week? I'm a little under the weather, but that's fine. Mm -hmm. My wife tells me I'm actually not sick and it's not as bad as I think it is. Oh, is this your norm when you get sick? I don't know. She says that I feel things worse than Mm. other people do. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) So anyway, today we're going into a conflict resolution question. These are my favorite to discuss with you in particular, Michael. Mm. You have taught me over the years things about leaning into conflict that I was never taught in the church growing up. So Mm. today we're going into the question, should I forgive someone who isn't sorry? Well, I'm honored that I've taught you about conflict. Let's Look, is it because of our interpersonal conflict? Uh, no. <laughs> Good. I was not like, yet. Not yet. I'm like, <laughs> maybe we, you're preparing me. Have we had a fight yet? Uh, I don't think like a legit one. What I'm saying though yeah. is, Non-call I think saying, yeah. I grew up in church where it's, oh, there's a fight there. You just back up. Right. Grace, yeah. grace, and that was what grace was called. Interesting. So you've taught me though. The biggest thing is lean in. Yeah to what's uncomfortable and let that sharpen you. Yeah. Awkward is awesome. Right. Uh, Uncomfortable things are transforming. So if you're by nature a peacemaker, you want to run or Mm -hmm. maybe not lean in as much. Mm -hmm. Um, I've learned, like I'm not by nature a fighter. I don't mind fighting. My mom would probably tell me a little differently, but I've learned that when you don't lean into conflict, Mm -hmm. it doesn't go away. Mm. And so I am so deeply relational and not everybody is as probably relational as I am. Right. Um, like you and I have been talking about how, um, what stresses me out is right. not an abundance of tasks, but broken relationships. Mm-hmm. So for me, I think I learned at a young age that if I don't tend to relationships really well, it has a really adverse effect on my soul, my happiness, my joy, oh. all that kind of stuff. So probably my leaning into conflict is a bit of self-preservation. Interesting. Also, as I've led, uh, what I've learned is that unresolved conflicts create unhealthy leadership cultures and environments. Yeah. And if we really want to be effective leaders, one aspect of healthy leadership is monitoring the relational cultures that you lead, making yes. sure there isn't division or if there is, kind of identifying what those things are. Mm. So when you have conflict, I think personally, conflict is a great gift to a leader um, depending on the severity of it. The vast majority of conflict we deal with is redeemable, doable, fixable, addressable, whatever word you want to use. Misunderstandings, yeah. misspeaking. I'm right. trying to think the basic stuff. Sometimes it's truthful things said in unloving ways. Mm. Conflict is a beautiful gift to a leader because in conflict, you see what everyone, yourself included, is made of. Ooh. So how they resolve conflict, how they lean into it, are they a gossip? Uh, Do they internalize and explode? Um, When the conflict is done, it's actually a really good opportunity to evaluate and say, okay, who are we? Like, what did we learn? What are my tendencies? How do we prevent this in the future? But this question hits at something that you and I have both experienced, probably on multiple levels Mm and multiple relationships, which is people who honestly can't admit they were wrong. Mm Mm-hmm. Very rarely is it 50-50. Sometimes it's 90-10. Sometimes it's 98-2. I'm trying to think of an experience where it was ever 100-0 in terms of interpersonal. Jesus. Yeah. If you're in a relationship with somebody, here's one where it's 100-0. You're driving down the road and somebody like yells at you and curses at you and you don't know them. Okay, 100-0, right? Oh, mm -hmm. Okay, fine. But we're talking about relationships. Yeah. 
most every time there is at least 1% right. that the innocent party, so to speak, mm-hmm. can like own. Mm-hmm. But we've been in circumstances when there are just some people almost always because of a course in a pride mm. cannot admit fault. Mm. To admit fault is for some people it's theological. Mm. I lived with a guy who um, was a holiness Wesleyan, which means he believed that if sin was found in him, and he died having not repented of it, he would go to hell. So when we would have a oh, disagreement, wow. he he would never admit he believed he had achieved perfection, moral perfection. That was exhausting. Yeah, that so is exhausting. For some people, it's theological. Some of you are thinking of your spouses right now. I'm going to just tell you, stop. Yeah. Point the finger at your heart. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Even if it's your 1%, you can control that. Mm-hmm, you can repent mm-hmm. of that. Um, for some people, it's just a massive blind spot. Mm. They are so used to being a victim mm-hmm. that um, some people just can't say they're sorry. Some people, uh, they feel like to admit wrong is 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 to make them look bad. Mm. Uh, they don't want to look bad. Um, some of them believe that the wrong done to them justifies their behavior. Yeah, There's so many reasons why, but we've all been on the receiving end of somebody who can't say they're sorry. Yeah. So if I'm legitimately harmed by somebody, like here, here's an example. I was in... A circumstance where both of us were wrong and I apologized mm. and they said, I forgive you. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and <laughs> that's, yeah, that's right? painful. Yeah. So now the question is, should I forgive them? They're wrong. Mm-hmm. They're not sorry. They're not owning. They're not saving anything. Mm-hmm. Um, saving anything. They're not, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, saying anything. Sorry. I was like saving, saying, what am I saying? There you go. Can you forgive someone who is not asked for it? Yeah. So here's the idea. Is forgiveness unilateral, meaning I can give it to you whether or not you've asked for it, Mm -hmm. or is it a transaction? Mm. Because if it's a transaction, I can't give it to you unless you ask for it. Does that make sense? Right. So where do we look? I mean, can we look at our relationship with the Lord and say, well, is it a transaction yes. with Christ? Yes, it is. Because before we trust in Christ, we are not forgiven. God's posture to us is one of open hands offering forgiveness. Okay. But forgiveness from God happens when we ask him for forgiveness and trust in Christ. Okay. So I have a question about that. Jesus yeah. is on the cross and he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they're doing. So does that mean they're all forgiven, even though many of them aren't sorry? It's interesting, like, what did Jesus really mean by that? That's a different, like, category. The implication is that the compassion of Christ is being poured out in these moments. Mm -hmm. And the idea here is, Father, this was your plan. Like, we orchestrated this. They have mm-hmm. no idea what they're doing. Mm-hmm. They're, you've given them over to their sinful impulses. The, the idea is be gracious to them. Yeah. They're blind. So can we offer that type of forgiveness, but not a transactional forgiveness? Can I say, you know, let's just use our spouses, right? Can I yeah. say, forgive him? He doesn't really understand what he's doing. Yeah, Even so, if I've explained and we're going back and forth and he's not sorry, can we offer that, but not offer transactional? Is that right. what you're kind of getting at? Yes. So the Bible has a word forgive. Mm-hmm. We have a word in the English lexicon forgive. Mm-hmm. And there's overlap, no doubt. Um, but it seems that 
sometimes the Bible uses the word forgive as in transaction. Okay. And sometimes the Bible uses it as in release. So Father, forgive those. But Jesus um, says, uh, he will forgive you as you have forgiven others. Yes. And it's interesting in that in the Lord's prayer there that there is no reason, like the person may never have asked for it, but your heart disposition to people who have harmed you, okay, uh, is really, really important. I was hoping you were going to talk about the heart here. Right. So I don't want to actually, what I don't want to do is get too close-minded on the word forgiven. Okay. The word forgiven, relationally, if there's going to be really the fullness of the word, like think about it like a cup, right? The cup's totally overflowing. Mm -hmm. Here's what this means. You have asked for it. I have given it. I have released you Mm -hmm. and the relationship, and we are now reconciled. So the product of transactional forgiveness is reconciliation. I want to be clear. The product of reconciliation is not trust. You can be reconciled to somebody and not yet trust them. Mm. So your spouse cheats on you. You forgive them. You reconcile. But do you trust them yet? No. No, that takes time. Same with our children. Yes. We have a release of forgiveness that will cover them. But what they need to come and talk to us and reconcile and then build the trust back up. Correct. Yeah. It, it's it, Releasing it is your way of saying, I will no longer punish you for this and I will Ooh, yeah. work towards trust again. And in your heart, you're not holding it. Correct. Yeah. Right. In some relationships, you know, you you reconcile, mm-hmm. but kind of it's the end of the relationship. Oh. And so you're really not working towards trust. We're just saying, you know what? We're We're unified. Yep. We're not best friends. Mm -hmm. We may not even like each other. That's okay. Mm -hmm. We're not going to be bitter towards each other. We're not going to let sin creep in here. Right. I love you as a brother in Christ or sister in Christ. So like the the highest form of forgiveness, right, is going to be this transactional reconciliation. Um, There's a lower form, but it's also really, really vital for the human soul, which is the releasing of people from the harm they've done to us. I think that's so valuable. Right. And so you, you basically say, I will no longer let the harm that you've done to me caused me to be bitter, mm-hmm. uh, caused me to hate you, mm. caused me to treat you out of anger or spite. I may not trust you. We may not have reconciliation, but also to release somebody is to do everything you can in your power as far as it depends on you, Paul says in Romans, to be at peace with all men. Mm-hmm. I've postured myself for reconciliation mm. and I have released you from this anger that I have. I'm thinking about one one circumstance in my life of somebody who harmed me but was not sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, I availed myself for reconciliation and they did not take it. Yep. Okay. Um, I was sad. So for me to release it wasn't actually just a decision in a day. Mm-hmm. Um, I grieved some pieces of that. Um, that took a little while. Um, I made some decisions. Mm-hmm. The emotions would come up regularly, and my decision to release them or to forgive them was not a decision to not feel it anymore. Mm. It wasn't a decision to not be provoked. It wasn't a decision to not be angry, but it was a decision that when those things come up, I'm going to deal with them, and I'm going to put them aside, and I'm going to give yep. them back to the Lord, Yep. and I'm going to pray for that person and say, Lord, mm. I'd love reconciliation with that person. So I want to talk about that. So you chose not to allow it to cause you to sin. Yep. But hurt and being sad is not sin. No, they're not. But I think something really important about hurt is is uh, there's a reason why the people of God grieved for a period of time with intentionality. Mm-hmm. So like when we're hurt, mm-hmm. grieve. Mm-hmm. But one of the fatal flaws of modern Christians is that we perpetually grieve. Mm-hmm. And we need to put sometimes grief to bed and say, I'm giving this to you and now I'm choosing joy and celebration. I don't always feel joy and celebration, but I'm choosing to put this thing away. It doesn't also mean you don't have sadness that creeps up and you don't, I'm not saying like 
quench all your feelings. I'm just right. saying there are seasons right. for grief. Well, and I've seen, and I'm I'm sorry to interrupt you no, on that. I, I see the seasons because what happens is I've thought, oh, I forgive forgave them, and I believe I had. Yeah. And then it's like three years later, and something. I hate to use this word, but yeah. something kind of triggers it, right? Yeah, and yeah. then I'm like, oh, wow, I have a hurt about this that I'm allowing to like grow into a bitter tree. Yep. Which doesn't mean you haven't forgiven them, by the way. But if it becomes bitterness and then I start to act out as yeah. like... You have um, to re-release them. Yes. And that's what I'm saying sometimes happens. But it's a deep hurt in those yeah. situations. They're not the basic like my child threw spaghetti on my white shirts hurts. Oh, I'm yeah, talking yeah, yeah. about the big ones. Yeah. There was something in um, when I was 17 years old that a friend did to me. Mm -hmm. And I released him from it. If I saw him now, I'd give him a big hug. But when I see him on Facebook sometimes, mm. it like I go back to that and I get kind of angry. It doesn't mean I didn't release it. It just means I'm human. My commitment to release was not a commitment to not feel. Right. My commitment to release was when I do feel, I will mm -hmm. hand it to the Lord and I will ask him to take it from me. I will give it to him. I will let him bear that yoke, that burden mm. that came up inside of me. There are some pains that last a whole lifetime. Um, there are some wounds that are done to you that they don't really ever go away. And when you think about them, they hurt, but it doesn't mean you haven't forgiven them. It just means mm. you're committing to not let that control you mm. um, beyond the emotions that you're feeling. Mm. I'm not going to grow in spite and rage. I'm not going right. to, I'm not going to go, you know, beat their window open with a baseball bat in my mind or in reality. Have you seen in your counseling with marriage in particular, some of those deep hurts, adultery, pornography, some oh of gosh. these big hurts? Is there ever a way to, I mean, you're, you're always going to be hurt later on, even if there's reconciliation, right? And trust is rebuilt. Um, yeah, I think as trust is rebuilt, tr uh, the growth of trust has a corresponding relationship to the mitigation of hurt. So as trust goes okay. up, the past becomes the past, you know? Okay. The hard part about sexual stuff is that mm -hmm. it takes a lot longer. The trust yeah. break is a lot deeper. The pain is a lot deeper. And so the mm -hmm. deeper the trust break, the deeper the pain, the yeah. longer the progress. Yeah. And every man and woman is so different mm -hmm. in terms of how they receive those violations. Oh, that's true. So like yeah. you could have two women who are cheated on yep, and one bounces back and the other takes 15 years. Right. I don't totally know why that is. Everyone's just made up of a little bit different stuff inside of them. And so... And sometimes that bouncing back is just a stuffing of feelings. Yeah, totally. It's not, I just want to make sure we don't make the woman who's taking 15 years. Do you know what I mean? Oh like, yeah, I have be, no indictment on yeah. that. Actually, I wish there was a rhyme or reason I know. why some people respond and some people... I, so I have a lot less probably judgment... Or, or negative feelings on how long things can take than I probably did in my early 20s. Right. But I just know everyone is so different. But it doesn't mean that their violation has to cause you to be bitter in sin. Yes. Hurt, pain, weeping, grief, those aren't sin. Right. The problem is when those turn into rage, anger, vengeance, uh, malice, you know, gossip, yes. slander. So can you touch on the actions? Like what are the actions that we can take to start forgiving those who have wronged us? If possible, number one would be as far as it depends on you, pursue peace. That's number one. Yeah. Um, well, maybe there's two number ones. So you can mm -hmm. pick which one goes mm -hmm. first. The other one is you go before the Lord and yeah. you just say, no matter what they do or don't do, God, would you help me release this to you? If you're in the position where you've been harmed, you need someone around you that you can verbalize something to. Yes. And this is where I think having some accountability, somebody who loves you, somebody mm -hmm. who can handle it. Mm -hmm. You need to make sure the person who has wounded you would be okay with you telling this person. Otherwise, that can negatively harm their relationship. Mm -hmm. So you need somebody who can really come alongside of you and help you 
in that part of it. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of time with the Lord mm-hmm. to release pain. The deeper mm-hmm. the pain, the mm-hmm. longer the time. And another one, number three or four or five, whatever, yeah, whatever number I'm on right at. now, yeah. is the permission to grieve is huge. Too yeah. many Christians feel so guilty mm-hmm. over how long it takes them to get over something emotionally. If I'm sad for two years, yeah, it doesn't mean I haven't forgiven mm. or released. Okay, You can release something and uh-huh. still be hurt. Uh-huh. Now, the hope is as you give it to the Lord perpetually, healing causes that angsty feeling of pain right. to become less and less over time. But there are some pains that will never go away to mm-hmm. some degree. It might get down to 1%, but mm-hmm. it's really still going to be there. That's okay. That's human. Yeah. That's where I have a lot of grace with people. And I'm like, my biggest concern is you do whatever you can for the person in peace. You perpetually go before the Lord and you do whatever you can in your power to not let sin, bitterness, rage, malice, anger corrupt you. Yeah. Feel all the pain. Right. Lean into the pain. Pain is Mm -hmm. okay, but don't let it corrupt you. The Mm -hmm. line between pain and sin, it's a very tender line. And you're going to cross it, thankfully, for the blood of Christ. Right. For me, I have to go back to those verses in Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, because as I think about forgiveness, I have to think about who I am Mm. and that I don't deserve. So Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 says, for by grace, you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It's the gift of God, not a result of work so that no one may boast. So if we hold on to a heart of unforgiveness, there's something inside of us we're not seeing. Yep that God did for us. Yep, amen. I think taking it back to that vertical relationship is so helpful. So thank you so much. I love, love talking about conflict. I look forward to future episodes about conflict. Next episode we're going to discuss next time is, do I attend a gay wedding? Mm -hmm.